Second Kings chapter six, from verse one onwards. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, Go. Then one said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and threw it in there. And he made the iron float. Therefore, he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. Praise be to God. There are several things, several key things the Spirit of God wants to speak to our hearts today so that we can hold on to what God wants us to. In order for us to make more room, in order for us to make more room for God to work in our lives. Now you look at the people here who are with Elisha. The sons of the prophets are with Elisha. The man of God who carried the anointing of God is in a place and you have the sons of the prophets there, like his disciples, people who followed him, who were with him. So while they're there, Somebody says this. He's saying this to Elisha. This group of people, sons of the prophet. These, these are not Elisha's sons, but these are people who were discipled, you know, to become prophets. And they're all there together, trained, being trained in training. And um, Elisha is there. And Elisha is a notable a prophet there in their midst. And while they're all together, the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. So where Elisha is and where they're all living together, the sons of the prophets are saying, Look, this place has become too small for us. It's a good thing. When we come to realize that God has increased us and the place has become too small for us. And then when we ask God, God will make more room for us. And so the first thing they're coming and say, look, the place is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So saying that we want to build a bigger place. And so, please give us permission. Let us go with your blessing. That we go to the Jordan and each one will take a beam. That we'll all construct together a dwelling place for us. It's important to know the will of God before we do anything. It's important to seek God's will 
and go with God's blessings wherever we go. And this group of people knew the importance of it. And so when they came to this prophet of God and they said, our place is small. We want a bigger place. So we all want to do this. We don't want to just do it on our own. Elisha, we want to do it with your blessing. Please, let us do this. And it was God's will here. And so the man of God, the prophet of God said, go. That's the first thing. He says, go. And they're all together. They said, we're going to make more room. He said, go. That go comes with God's blessing because it's God's will. They sought the will of God and God answered and he said, this is within my will. Go, my blessing will be upon you. Then one said, please consent to go with your servants. They've been with Elisha. Now they're going to go make more room. They said, we'll go. But then they said, no, no, no. Let him also. We need him. So they said, please consent to go with your servants. If he wouldn't have asked, Elisha wouldn't have gone. You see the same thing, a similar thing, I should say, in the life of Jesus. When the disciples were on the road to Emmaus, Jesus came and he spoke and he was actually going to go to another side. And at that time, the disciples said, Lord, don't go, don't go, stay with us. And Jesus said, okay, I'll stay with you. God will never force himself on us. God will never pressure us into something that we're saying, oh, Lord, I don't want this. God will always bring to us that which we are seeking to him for. Give to us that which we're asking. You say, Lord, I need the physical blessing. He'll say, I'll give it to you. If we say, Lord, I need you. You say, okay, I'll give myself to you. So we should be the people should not just say, Lord, I want more room. We need to say, Lord, I want you. More room, God will give. But I want you. I want you to go with me. I want you to be with me. I want you to prosper me. I want you to be present in my everyday life and in everything I do. So when he asked Elisha to go with him, he answered and said, I will. Because we want some rule. Oh, no, 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 no. He said, we can't do this. Many times, many people get the blessing. Once they get the blessing, they say goodbye to the blesser. They come to the presence of God. They come to the church. They get their blessings. And after that, you don't see them. The following Sunday, they may be there. After that, the attendance will be very sporadic and becomes non-existent. It's very sad. You leave with the source of your blessing behind. You won't have that continual blessing after that. But this man had the wisdom to say, you know what? I need Elisha with me. We need Elisha with us. And because they took him with them, something happened. They were able to recover that which was lost. 
because they went and asked him, Elisha, please go with us. He said, I will go. So when you look at it, it was a will of God for these sons of the prophets to have a bigger place. It was the will of God for the sons of these prophets to be blessed by the prophet that God had placed in their midst. It was the will of God. But in order for us to inherit the will of God, we should want the will of God. If they would have just said, oh, we'll just stay in this small place. Maybe it's God's will for me to just stay here. And they would have not gone to the bigger place. But they had a plan. They want to make sure that that plan is from God. Every man will take a beam and we're all going to do it together. See that unity? Nobody said, well, it's too small for me and so I'm just going to go and do what I want to do. No. They consulted with the prophet of God. And after that, they said, let's take the prophet of God with us. And when they asked him, he said, I'll go, because it was the will of God. It is important to be found in the will of God. It's a blessing for us. So when he went with them, Elisha, the prophet, when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. That's where they were going to build, and they cut down the trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. So while they were doing the will of God, something happened. While they were doing the will of God, all of a sudden, the axe head fell into the water. While they were doing the will of God, while the prophet of God was in their midst, something happened. That was not expected. All of a sudden, the axe head fell into the water. Think about it. Somebody can be questioning. How can this happen? Is it God's will? We lost the axe head now. I don't think it's God's will. Maybe we should stop the whole thing. You know, there are some people who consult God, who consult the prophet, and after that, they'll play prophet too. Once the counsel is given, they'll say, okay, okay, and then they'll do their own thing. They'll say, well, God spoke to me this, God this, God that. What are they doing? They are fulfilling the lusts of their heart. They're fulfilling, they're driven by what they want to do, and they put some scriptures here and scriptures there. Why even go to the prophet in the first place? Why even ask the prophet for something in the first place? But these people were people of God, people of character. They knew what to do and what not to do. They knew how to wait and when to proceed. So when they knew it was the will of God and they went, and while they were doing the will of God, understand this, while you're doing the will of God, you will face opposition. The enemy who doesn't want the project to be completed will sometimes take the axe head away, will sometimes cause the axe head to fall into the river. These things will happen. At that time, if you know that you are in the will of God, nothing can shake you. Nothing can shake you. There are some people who always want everything to be rosy. No problems. If something goes wrong, all of a sudden, their behavior will become like the devil. May never be said of anyone in our church. Whatever goes wrong, Take it to God. You have a living God. 
you're his son, you're his daughter. Whatever goes wrong, it can go wrong. We have to understand that. If we are following God, many things can go wrong. While God is doing miracles, many things can go wrong. Why? Because the enemy of our soul does not want us to inherit that which God has for us. So he'll come and put a stumbling block there. He will come and cause problems there. He'll come and cause misunderstandings there. He'll come and cause loss here. He'll come and cause all kinds of things everywhere. Well, what are we going to do? Are we going to look at what Satan is causing? And are we going to act like a heathen? I'm going to look at it and, and out of despair say, oh, everything is going wrong and I don't know why it's happening. We as believers should not open our mouth and ever say, I don't know why it's happening. Because we know all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All things. We as God's people know that when something goes wrong, we can call heaven right away. We as God's people, we know when something is not working out, our Father in heaven is watching over us. All we need to do is ask Him. Ask and keep on asking until we receive it. And we shall receive it. We know the end result already. If He said, ask and it shall be given, then when you ask, we know that it will be given. No doubt in the middle though. When you know that, when you pray and when you ask Him, God said He will give it to you, then He will give it to you. In the meantime, no matter what it may look like, does not matter at all. It doesn't matter. But you have the confidence on the inside that God said this, it will happen. Whatever God said, that'll happen. And so, while they were cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. What happened? Oh, no. That to a borrowed axe head fell. How am I going to tell this person what's going to happen? He just didn't sit on the floor and put his hands on his head and cry, Alas, I'm gone. That's it. I don't know what to do. And he didn't just drop everything and run somewhere, screaming, saying that, I don't know, why can't face this man? And you know, there are many people who project 100 negative things before a single negative thing can even happen. These God's people shouldn't be like that. We should be like this man. Where is he? What is he doing? See, when this happens, he comes crying to the man of God. He wasn't crying in despair. If you cry in despair and not cry at the feet of Jesus, guess who will be standing by your side? Satan will be there. He'll, he will put more and more and more pressure on you and more despair on you. It's good to cry. And it's good to cry at the feet of Jesus. When things go wrong, go to Jesus and tell him what happened. That's what you need to do. Don't entertain the devil. And don't try to be a dramatist where you go and say, well, this is not going to happen and this is not going to happen. So you know what? I'm going to be grumpy and I'm going to make everyone grumpy. And I'm going to act like the devil and everybody is going to face my reaction. No, 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 no. When things don't go your way, if you're a believer and you believe in God's word, you have every reason to praise him. He will work out even this thing for my good and for his glory. Because didn't he say that all things work together? All things work together for the good of 
those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All things, all things, all things. So this man, a wise man, was within the group of the sons of the prophets, was with Elisha. When something went wrong, he cried out to the Lord. The Bible says, call unto me in the day of trouble and I'll answer you and you shall glorify me. What are we supposed to do? When something goes wrong, are we going to say that, well, I know all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purposes. So it's going to happen automatically. So I'm no, I don't have to pray. I don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it, but you should pray. You should pray with faith. When something is breaking your heart, something is going wrong, and everything looks hopeless, you can go and cry at the feet of Jesus and tell the Lord about everything that is happening, not out of despair, but out of faith, knowing that, Lord, I believe that even this you're able to turn into something glorious. Stand by that graveside like Mary and Martha did, and look at Jesus and say, Lord, I know even now you're able to raise him up. Even now you're able to raise him up. That's what faith is. Jesus shed tears in front of the tomb. Those were not tears of despair. He shed tears because of what was happening. His heart broke when he saw Mary cry. His heart broke when he saw Martha cry. His heart broke when he saw the people cry. He saw the devastation that was caused by sin. which resulted in death. His heart was heavy. He cried. Do you know what? He did something about it. His tears were not tears of despair. His tears were tears of action. That's how our tears should be. Our tears should be tears of action. Our tears should move the hand of God to do something for us. Our tears should move the heart of God to do something for us. Talk of despair. Talk of Negative things should not be found upon the lips of God's people. Should not. We are people of faith. No matter what goes wrong, you go to Jesus and you cry and you say, Lord, I know you're there for me. Lord, I know it is painful, but I know that you're going to work this out for something good and glorious. So I thank you, Lord. And tell the Lord, Lord, do something about this situation. Lord, this is how much I have. This is how much I don't have. Whatever it is, go tell the Lord as it is. And magnify God, saying that, Lord, I know that you have everything. So I ask you to help me. I ask you to bless me. You can tell all of that. Cry at the feet of Jesus. Cry tears of expectation, tears of joy. Even if it's a heavy heart, it has to be tears of faith that will move the hand of God to do a miracle for you. Now, this man came. He came and he cried out to the man of God. Why? Because he knew that if I come to Elijah and if I cry out to him, a miracle will happen. You call this tears of faith. Tears of faith. Tears of faith produces miracles. Tears of faith will move mountains. Tears of faith will bring your dead back to life. Tears of faith. We need to have tears of faith. We need to be people who know how to pray. We need to be people who pray out of faith. With faith in your heart, you approach the living God. With faith in your heart, you approach the living God. You know, 
what Mary Magdalene did. Mary Magdalene was crying. She said, oh, they've taken away my Lord and they put him somewhere and I don't know where they put him in. And she wept. You know who came there? Jesus came there. Jesus said, Mary. And she recognized the voice of her master. The tears moved heaven and earth. You know why? She came with faith to see Jesus. No matter what happens, nobody can stop me from getting to Jesus Christ. Determined woman. Be a determined man. Be a determined woman. No matter what happens, nothing can stop me from getting closer to Jesus. Guess what? Jesus will draw closer to you. The Bible says, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. So as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water and he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. This is a borrowed axe head and it fell. I can't afford to lose this. I need this back. Look at the fate that he had. This accent fell into the river. He's coming and telling Elisha of something that is impossible in the sight of man. And he's expecting this prophet to do a miracle there with something that was lost in the eyes of man. It was lost for good. Gone to the bottom of that river. He had faith. Tears of faith he shed before the man of God. He believed that God will meet him through this prophet that's there. And God did. It's important to go to the presence of God with expectation. It's important to go to the presence of God with faith. It's important to go for prayer. Believing that God will touch me. So, when this happened... The man of God said this. Where did it fall? He showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and threw it in there. And he made the iron floor. You know, the picture that comes before me. It's like a parent and a child. Oh, I lost it. Mommy, I lost it. Daddy, I lost it. And the parent will ask, where? They say, there. And they take the parent there. Rest is history. It's found. When you have the right person, things get done. When you have God by your side, everything will always get done. What is impossible in the sight of man, Jesus said, is possible with God. So this man came to Elisha and he said, this is what my situation is. And he said, what happened? This is what happened. Where did it happen? This is where it happened. He was not a man. He said, well, Elisha, don't even ask this. I don't know even what to say because it went into the river and it's impossible for me to get it. I don't know what the guy will say. And I don't know what to do, Elisha. What do I have to tell the guy now? He didn't say that. Many times, many people will already come to the conclusion that this is not possible and then they'll go for plan B. 
this man was not like that. He was not thinking about, oh, it's a borrowed accent and it's gone for good. And so I won't get it back. And so how can I somehow tell a story that is convincing to this man somehow why he's not able to return his accent? No. He expected Elisha to do the miracle. Based on your faith, based on your expectation, will you experience a miracle? I want to say this again. Based on your faith in God and based on your expectation from him, will you experience a miracle? That's how it happens. Based on your faith in God and based on your expectation from him, will you receive a miracle? that involves being where God is working, that involves going to where God is working, that involves being open in the presence of God, before the servants of God. It's important to understand that, that if God is doing something, I'm going to make myself available to the working of the Holy Spirit, where God is working, that I'm not going to come to the conclusion where, well, this is not going to work. I feel this is not going to work. So I decide what I'm going to do. Well, then it won't work for you. Because you have no faith at that point. You play God. When you play God, God will back off. But for every situation when you come to God, even if it looks impossible, even if it looks like it's not going to work, God decides whether it's going to work or not. So you bring to God and say, Lord, this is the situation and leave it there. Expecting God to do a miracle. God will do a miracle for you. In this situation, the Spirit of God led Elisha to cut off a stick and throw it in there, where in the spot where the axe had fell. Have you ever seen something like this? So scientific, it's not. You can never have a wood attract iron and bring it up all the way from the bottom to the top. I don't even know if a magnet can do that. A forceful magnet of that force can actually bring something from all the way at the bottom to the top. I don't know. I haven't heard it. This is opposite. This is wood. Why would God lead Elisha to do such a thing? To show that it is the hand of God. To show that it is God. God uses something as a point of contact. Sometimes it's the laying on of hands. Sometimes it's the hand of the servant of God that touches the wood. That's the point of contact and the wood goes. Similar things with the oil. When the hand of the servant of God that carries the anointing touches the oil and then when the oil is used, it bears the mark of God there. This wood is a base for the point of contact where The man of God touched it. The man of God's anointing rested upon it. Where the Spirit of God led Elisha to do it. If Elisha would have done on his own, it wouldn't have happened. So it is all God-driven. God-led and God-accomplished. God-driven, God-led, and God-accomplished. Only those who are really walking with God will be God-driven, God-led, and bring to fulfillment what God wants to on earth as it is in heaven. So what did Elisha do? He cut off a stick and he threw it in there and he made the iron to float. And it floated up. You call that a miracle. A miracle is a miracle only when it goes against the natural law. That means 
in the physical realm, this is not supposed to happen. It's not meant to happen this way. It cannot happen this way, but it happens still. It still happens. You called it a miracle. A lot of times people use the word miracle for anything and everything. That's wrong. Miracle is only a miracle when it bypasses the natural law. When it goes counter to the natural law. When it doesn't make sense. It just cannot happen at all. But it still happens. Then it's a miracle. This story here is a miracle. It's a miraculous testimony of what God alone can do. Because there's no way that this axe head can float up and come up like this. Now after it came up, see, verse 7. Therefore he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. When God does something, he will always expect your involvement in it. When God healed the man who was paralyzed, he said, rise up, take up your mat and walk. There are certain things that the Lord will tell us to do. He told the lepers, the ten lepers, go and show yourselves to the priests. There's certain things God will tell us to do. We need to do that. We can't expect, oh, well, the axe had floated over there. Why don't the axe had just jump and come to my hands? And what happened? We need to do our part. God will do his part. We need to do our part. When God does something, he brings it before you. Don't be lazy. There are many people who are lazy. God will have things within their reach. But for them to just get it, it's a big thing. Well, I can't do this. I can't. While God is working, where the anointing of God is flowing, it's hard for me to go. This week is not possible. Next week, maybe. Who are you doing a favor? Yourself or to the pastor or to someone else or to your friend who's invited you. Don't do that. When the work of God is taking place, when the spirit of God is moving and things are within your reach, do whatever it takes in order to get it. He's given it. It's within your reach. Don't sit where you are sitting and expect everything to fly to where you are. It doesn't happen that way. Be someone who will consult with God every single time. Don't play a prophet. Don't you do that. Know your place and get the help you need. Don't say this is the will of God because your desire is towards that and deceive yourself when it is not the will of God. You'll be misled sorely because demons are waiting to mislead God's people. When God has spoken something and he's given a specific instruction to you, make sure you obey it. Make sure you do it fully, wholeheartedly. Don't try to give excuses and escape that, thinking that you're playing smart because it will not be a blessing for you. Be like these men when they wanted more room. They didn't have false humility saying that, well, God wants us to sit in this tight space and, and we'll all sit here. And even if we are not able to have any room, we'll sit here because, see, Elisha's here. So I'm not going to say anything. We'll all sit here. No, that's false humility. When you need more room, you need to say that I need more room. And when the Lord knows this is the right time for more room, he'll say, go. We go knowing that it's the will of God 
and God will prosper us. While God's word has come to us, make sure you don't leave God outside. Don't say, well, I got the will of God. Now I shall go and do my own thing. Don't do that. Keep God with you all the time. If God is blessing you in the house of God, make sure you stay there. If God is blessing you through the servant of God, make sure you make use of that. Don't try to play pastor to yourself and prophet or prophetess to yourself and be your own shepherd. A sheep can't play shepherd. Understand. Being led by God is a privilege. Being being led by God through God-given shepherds is a privilege and a great honor God has given. Most people don't have. Jesus looked at Israel and he said, Oh, they all look like sheep without a shepherd. It's a tragedy. And people are wandering all over. They just go online this, online that, online that, online this. Can you have online babies and online parents? doesn't work that way. We have to understand there has to be that personal contact with God Almighty. There has to be a personal relationship, personal shepherd to sheep relationship that God has. It has to be there can wander everywhere. can have 10 different pastors and 20 different churches. And while well, I got a sermon here, while well, I got a sermon there, while well, I got, it doesn't work that way. God places us. He says, I give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. They will feed you. We have the concept of shepherd and sheep relationship, but God places us within a fold all over the world. God has his fold in different parts of the world where he places his people within that fold that God has. And he feeds you. Do you have to be fed and you have to be led? Don't make decisions on your own. If you just go somewhere else and you lose the exit, it's gone for good. Make sure you're within the fold. Make sure you have your Elishas within your reach. Make sure you have the presence of God wherever you go. Lord, I will not let go of your presence. When you have to be in the house of God, don't do anything on that day. Don't say, well, God told me that. God will not tell you that. God will not tell you that. God's order is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. It's something that God has taught us. We practice it and therefore we preach it. Whatever you do must revolve around God. God not revolving around what you're doing. Whatever you do must revolve around God, which is around the house of God, which is around whatever God is doing in our midst. There's someone here who will give a testimony later. When this person needed to get a job, this person decided, Tuesdays evenings and Thursday evenings, I will not work because that's my Bible study day and the life training school day. This is apart from Sunday. God gave this person a far better job. Went to the interview and said that this is what I'm going to do. If you're going to offer this job, Tuesdays and Thursday evenings, I can't work. God gave a perfect nine to five job. This person can attend all the meetings. This person can be in all the meetings. What you ask for God, when it comes to his kingdom, he'll give you more than you ask for him. And God give a better job, better paying job. This is who our God is. You put him first and see what he'll do for you. But when you're trying to penny pinch here and try to cram our things, when it's God's time, that's when like all of a sudden we become so studious. That's when what we don't do from Monday through Saturday, all of a sudden Sunday you get a zeal to, I want to finish this. That's demonic. It's not from God. 
your priorities are upside down. You have to understand how the enemy will come and work. We have six days. Six days. God himself worked for six days. One day he's giving you so that you can relax. Your soul can relax. Your mind can relax. Your body can relax. Enjoy that day in the presence of God. Give it all to God. Six days you're just running all over. Give that one day to God. Rest in his presence. As a family, rest as a family. Enjoy the peace of God after you go to the house of God. Enjoy God's peace. God will strengthen you. With that strength, you will run the next six days. God will give you supernatural grace and strength. Take what God has spoken and meditate. Take what God has spoken as a family. Do this. We used to do this all the time until Esther got sick. This is something that I did with our children for many, many, many years. After we come from church, after I pray, even if I come three in the morning, four in the morning after praying for people, we'll sit with the children and talk to them about what God spoke during the Sunday service. What did God speak to you? What did God speak to you? What did God speak to you? How are you going to apply this? We did this every single Sunday. We value it. We'll do it. As a family, you talk about it. What did God speak to mommy? What did God speak to daddy? What did God speak to you? And how are you going to apply it? And then as a family, pray over it. Otherwise, it's all gone. It's all gone. It's like you take the treasure halfway and you know, oh, I don't know where I dropped it. I don't know where I dropped it. Well, I have to go to the next thing so I don't have time to even look for it. That's what happens many times. We hear the word of God, excited when you get it, but the busyness of the day, whatever comes the next thing, oops, it's gone. And you know what? I don't have time to even look for it. God is speaking to our hearts today. If you value it, it'll become your priority. If you value it, it'll become a priority. David said this. He said, I will not give sleep to my eyelids until this is accomplished. And God said this, don't give me rest until I make Jerusalem a praise. Passion, you call that passion. I'm not telling you don't sleep. Everybody gets sleep. Get good sleep. It's important for your body. It's important for your brain. It's important for your health. Don't sleep spiritually though. Oh, I want to sleep and do everything else. And when it comes to reading and praying, oh, I have no time. Then your priorities are upside down. It's like you're going on a road and when everybody's going straight, you're going to reverse. That's how it is. For a person who have no time to read and pray, you're going to reverse on a road that you have to go straight. That, you know, that is bound for a crash. You can't go in the opposite lane. You can't. You're bound to go from south to north. That's the direction you need to go. If you put reverse, you're finished. Make sure you seek God and his kingdom first. Make sure God becomes your priority. Make sure you do what God has told you to do. Make sure you'll never crash. Make sure that's your priority. Then get the rest you need. Eat when you have to eat. Take care of your kids. Do your homework. Study when you have to study. Go to work on time. Be a good example. When you put God first, all these things will fall into place automatically. When that's not there, then you cram for time. You're not able to get things done because your steps were not ordered by the Lord. 
may you learn from this passage. God is placed in his word. Whatever I need to do, I don't want to do my own thing. I don't want to play pastor to myself or prophetess or prophet to myself. I don't want to suddenly esteem myself more than I ought to thinking more than I know and deceive myself. I don't want to be like a sheep that says, well, I try to grace you, I let you grace you. You can't be there. You have one place that God feeds. The Spirit of God will steadily feed you and grow you. And that message that God gives for that congregation belongs to those who belong in that fold. The promise that God gives for that fold will take place for those who are within that fold. The food that is coming for the children is coming for the children. Just like how when the baby is born, God provides the milk for the child and it's just for the child. That's how it is in the kingdom of God, in every fold. God places the shepherd and the food is given to the shepherd for the sheep by God for that fold. That's why I said, don't here, go there, go there, go there, go here, go here. All confused are people, confused people everywhere, hundred different places. Don't know the word properly, but they think that they know because it's a delusion that is there everywhere. Stay where you should stay. Receive what God has for you. Follow what God has for you. Stay when God wants you to stay. If the Lord says, I'm making more room for you, go with that. Go with that blessing, but don't leave the blesser. Take the blesser with you. Make sure whatever you do, that you do it around the house of God. It has to be, this has to be a priority. Whatever you do, it has to be within the will of God. Whatever I do, my prayer time shouldn't be compromised. The time that I have to be in the house of God shouldn't be compromised. My family prayer shouldn't be compromised. My personal prayer shouldn't be compromised. My walk with the Lord shouldn't be compromised. The food that I have to get from God, that shouldn't be compromised. Be zealous for what God has given. Be faithful to God with what God has given to you. Don't wander all over. Stick to one place. Be under the shepherds that God has placed over you. Get the food that God has given to you. Eat it with everything that is within you. Be diligent in receiving it. You will grow. You will grow in a substantial way. God will feed you, nourish you. And every prophecy, every word that God gives for a particular church that belongs to the body of believers who fall within that church will belong to them. You can be here, but be full of doubts and miss everything that God has spoken. Now be like someone who's getting the food at the dinner table. All the children are fed. All the children have been given the food. There's one child who just take it and say, well, I'll eat the chips over there while I'll eat this over here. And the rest, when the mom turns that way, I will toss it into the garbage can and say that I finished the mom. My kids, some kids do that. But the mom knows it. She knows that, oh, you finished that fast? 
come on, let's throw the garbage can and see. A mom who's really involved in the life of a, of a child or children will know her child or children very well. Who's speaking the truth, who's not speaking the truth, and how long does it take for each child to eat, and which one really ate and which one didn't really eat. But a mom or a dad who's always on the phone, who's always on social media or texting and, and not paying attention to the kids, they'll say, Mom, I finished. Mm-hmm. That's it. Don't care. Did really eat? Mm, no. And the child says, well, I tricked you. And the child goes, because the child knows that the parent is really not paying attention. Make sure you're in the place of God. Where you have that relationship. With the, the shepherds God has placed over your life. That you're able to take in what God has given. That you don't throw it out. You're accountable for everything that God has given into your hands. That you grow to become everything that God wants you to be. The vision that God has given to the shepherds will be transferred into you. That you take the same vision, the same love, the same holiness that God is transferring. That you become partakers of every blessing that God has for you. These sons of the prophets knew how to live a God-glorifying life to be found within the will of God. May we live like that. Whatever God has given to us in our hands, may we do it with all our might. And while we are doing it with all our might, when something goes wrong, never complain. But cry tears of faith before God. God will hear you. And God will answer you. He'll do a miracle. He'll cause that which is lost to come up to you. It's the prophecy God is speaking. Those who belong here, as God has spoken over this church, his word of restoration. God will do his work of restoration. Whatever looks completely lost, like this axe head. It's gone. Lord, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone to a place where I cannot recover. God says, you recover it. It will float and it'll come to you. When? When the Spirit of God breathes over it. When that piece of wood goes upon that area. When the breath of God falls upon it. All of a sudden, that which cannot come, that which was pulled on by, whatever it is, will float up and it'll come to you. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for this night. Thank you for this word that you've spoken to us. Lord, you've given us this privilege to be within the fold of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've given us this privilege to be within the care of Jesus Christ. You've given us this privilege, O Lord, to follow you faithfully and to follow you with everything that is within us. Lord, you've given us this great privilege, O Father, great privilege, Father, you've given us to be fed by you and to be led by you. But it's only for those who want to 
Lord, I pray that you will make us into people who will be willingly led and be willingly fed. To be people of God who will seek God in all things, seek his counsel, seek his mind in all things. Know where their fold is and stay within their fold. Be like the sons of the prophets who were with Elisha. And be blessed by God Almighty. And God makes more room for that. And to recover that which the enemy comes to take away while they are in the will of God. So I pray, Father, that you will touch your people this night. That the Spirit of God do a mighty work in the lives of your people, Father. In the lives of your people. That you bless your people, Lord. That they may have your direction in their lives. That they may willingly give themselves over to the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. And whichever Elishas that you place over their lives, O oh Lord, that they may make use of them, Father. Be within the fold that you have placed, O oh Lord. They may recover whatever the enemy has stolen and whatever the enemy is trying to steal. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that the Spirit of God may breathe upon the lives of your people and all those who especially within the fold of this house of God who have received the promise of restoration. May they truly believe like this man who cried out to the prophet of God in the presence of God. But God heard his cry and God moved the prophet to recover that axe head. May your people who are within this fold, especially to whom you have given this promise, may they lay hold of this promise of God by faith, that they may know that you've spoken to this household of faith, that every single person may believe in this word of God. They will recover, they will recover, they will recover, no matter how deep the axe head might have fallen, they will recover. They will recover. And I pray, Father, that you will touch every single one of them. All those who are present here, Lord, I pray. That you bless them, Lord, as they have come to seek you. I pray that you bless them, Jesus. That the work of God may be accomplished in their lives, O oh Lord. And whatever is missing in their life. Oh, Lord Jesus, whatever is lost, whatever they are looking to recover, Father, I pray, may they recover it by crying out to you, by crying tears of faith, for you are a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. And I thank you for the promise that you've given to us. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done thus far. And I thank you for what you're going to do. You are an amazing God. Lord, as you brought us to almost the end of this month of March, Lord, we thank you for these great 
precious promises that you've given to us, O Lord. The just shall live by faith. I thank you, Jesus. May we live by faith. We know we're going to have many, many, many substantial testimonies. You have spoken to us already. And we thank you. We know that we are going to recover the axe heads that we have lost, Father, in our lives. We know, Lord, there's nothing too deep. There's nothing too strong that can stand against the Lord God Almighty. Nothing can boast before our God. You bring down the haughty and you lift up the humble. So we humble ourselves at your feet, O Lord, at this hour. As a church, we humble ourselves, O Father. Lord, what we have is nothing. What we are is nothing. As you remember that we're dust and you know our frame. We too in your presence remember, Lord, that we are dust. And we know our frame, Lord. We know how fragile we are. We thank you because your hands are holding us together. We thank you. It's your breath that is keeping us alive. So I pray, Father, that you keep breathing into us, O Lord. That we may breathe out for you. Moment by moment by moment. Breathing in the air of the Holy Spirit. We may breathe our every breath. Till the day we breathe our last. May it be sustained by the breath of God. And I pronounce this blessing upon your people. That the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who is my God, who is the God of this church, may cause your people to recover all that the enemy has taken from their hands. As they learn to cry out. Tears of faith. At the feet of our almighty God, the God of restoration, who makes all things brand new. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for speaking to us, Lord, everything we needed to hear this evening. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're a good Father who cares for us and you teach us what we need. You train us, Lord, to walk in a perfect path. Thank you, Lord, for the good word you've given us to recover, to restore. Just like we heard, Lord, how the prophet was sent by you to help your people in a time of need. We all have needs. We thank you that you're God who is sufficient to meet every single need, Lord. You're always on time. You're always faithful. Yes, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for teaching us that when we put you first, mm. seek you, Lord, in your righteousness first, your kingdom. Mm. As the Israelites, Lord, mm. for centuries, they revolved around the temple because that was where your presence was, and they were blessed. Mm. We thank you, Lord, for teaching us today that our lives should revolve around your presence. Mm where you are, around your house. We make you the priority, Lord. Mm. Then everything else will fall into place. Mm. And you will begin a mighty restoration with no, mm. with no defeat. Mm. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As we have heard, though the enemy may come mm. to intercept and to stop God's work mm. in our lives, you promise there's no defeat to those who walk in the path of the cross, mm. to following you, Lord, loving you, serving you. We thank and praise you, Father. We give you glory, Lord, that through this technology this evening, Lord, we're able to hear the clear voice of God. Mm. I thank you for the deliverances you have been doing, Lord, Mm. for many families here. Hallelujah. God, you have have begun something that you will perfect. Glory be to the living God. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, you, Lord, for miracles that you have yet. Mm. And deliverances, mighty deliverances for every family, Lord. Who will put you first. Yes, Lord. And who will make your word the priority mm. and reflect and meditate and say, whatever God wants me to mm. leave, I will leave. Mm. Whatever he wants me to embrace, I will embrace. Yes. All according to your will. We thank you, Father. Lord, may you gain glory through each of our lives. We used to mm. live for ourselves. Mm. We used to live in darkness, following the ways of this world. Mm. But you have taken us out of darkness, put us in the kingdom of your light, mm. of your dear son. Thank you, Lord. May our lives be to your glory. Mm. We thank you and praise you, Lord. We thank you, O Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Continue to heal your people, I pray. Extend your healing touch, Lord, to all who need healing, O Father. Mm. Thank you. We glorify you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. He's a miracle-working God. He's a miracle-working God. He's a wonder, he's a miracle, he's a miracle-working God. He's a miracle-working God, he's a miracle-working God. Oh, he's a wonder, he's a miracle, he's a miracle-working God. He's a wonder, he's a miracle, he's a miracle-working God. Let's sing it. He's a wonder, he's a miracle, he's a miracle-working God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. This night, this day, for those on the other side of the world tuning in, you're the same, Lord. Miracle-working, wonder-working God. You always come through, Lord. When we're feeling down and lonely and broken, Father, you never fail. Hallelujah. Mm. Jesus never fails. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, and those, Lord, who have everything that they could possibly conceive of, mm. but they're still empty. Mm. They still feel like they're floating through life, even waiting for the grave because there's no satisfaction in anything. Mm. I thank you, Lord. You are the living water we need. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you are the bread of life. You give meaning mm. and you give fulfillment, mm. everlasting life. Mm. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for your precious we praise you again in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now. And until we see Jesus face to face, amen. Amen. Amen.